Thank you for plugging into this Family Life News podcast, streaming issues-driven, family-focused news. Another edition of Capital Connection. Fridays during the noon report, we give you direct connection to what's happening in Albany and Harrisburg with the experts on the issues at the state capitals. They are, as always, Michael Gear at the Pennsylvania Family Institute and Jason McGuire at New Yorkers for Constitutional Freedoms. Well, gentlemen, I want to begin with a question that New York Congressman Elise Stefanik posed to the president at the University of Pennsylvania this week during a heated exchange on anti-Semitism on America's college campuses. UPenn's president, a woman by the name of Liz McGill, was asked if calling for the genocide of the Jews would violate the school's code of conduct, to which McGill had the audacity to say say it depends on the context jason your reaction to that statement yeah i just can't imagine a context which would be appropriate to call for the genocide of a people and then to imply that it's free speech until it's an action which the action would then be genocide Uh, it's unbelievable i commend representative stefanik for crystallizing the situation freeze it frame it and show the american people what this really is yeah it depends on the context Uh, when you're talking about the elimination of an entire race of people it depends on the context uh, whether or not that violates the code of conduct at upenn michael your reaction it's just incredible congresswoman's questioning of those uh, three college presidents and to see them unable to answer her simple yes or no question is this wrong they could not answer that and it was appalling to see and parents should now look very closely at whether they would send their children to a place like university of pennsylvania all right moving on guys jason this is a huge deal uh, the battle over new york's congressional boundary lines it's back at the state court of appeals seems like we were just there how did we get to this point how soon do you think before we will get a decision in this all-important case. Well, first, how we got there is a long and winding road. But essentially, the last election cycle, uh, the Republicans picked up a number of seats. And because there was so much at stake, uh, the Democrats want to make sure they do everything they can to gerrymander here in New York to redraw those lines so that Republicans cannot win those seats again. I think it's an unfair practice that's being engaged in. Those maps ought to just stand. How soon do we know? Well, that's hard to tell. I think the decision could really come at any time. Arguments have been heard. I anticipate that if things change on the congressional level, and they very well might, you might even see the Senate lines here in New York reopened again as well. Michael, there was a court ruling last month on undated ballots since mail-in voting is the name of the game now. This is an issue all of a sudden. What was that ruling? Do you agree with that ruling? And how might that impact next year's election in Pennsylvania? Well, first of all, that ruling by an Obama-appointed and then Trump-reappointed federal district judge in western Pennsylvania is causing issues even in this year's election. That judge ruled, contrary to the clear guidance of the law, that ballots without dates on the envelope still must be counted. A ruling like this is yet another example of how mail-in voting has upset the apple cart as far as how elections are done in Pennsylvania, and in my view, it doesn't inspire confidence in how things will go in 2024. All right, speaking of genies being out of the bottle, uh, Marijuana Incorporated 
is here in New York. And Jason, it's interesting to watch how towns and villages adopt these cannabis consumption laws because the city of Corning has voted to adopt the state guidelines rather than the more restrictive local zoning rules. Why aren't these uniform standards? Well, one, there is local control, and so we do believe in local control. Unfortunately, when it comes to cannabis or recreational weed, it is out of control in many places across the state. The state is offering guidelines. They are very lax, but there are folks that are supporting those recommendations because they want to see the sales of this cannabis in their localities. That is problematic. I was just driving home the other night, and I was noticing how even in little rural towns, you're seeing these neon green leaf signs in the windows. It's just everywhere now, and I am very concerned how it's desensitizing our youth to drug use. Well, uh, another issue in the news, unfortunately, is crime. Michael, this story out of Philadelphia, I mean, even in a city where crime is so bad, it just is hard to imagine. This sort of violence around the holidays, a shoplifter got caught, was sent out of the store, walks back in 15 minutes and stabs a security guard in the neck, kills the guy, a 30-year-old man, right at the height of the holiday season. In this case, anyway, these security guards are not armed. Should they be armed in Pennsylvania, given how bad crime is now in cities like Philadelphia? Well, first of all, I do want to remember the human element of that crime. That security guard was named Eric Harrison, and he was working two jobs to save up for a house. We think of crime stats, but these are individual human beings who deserve protection. And the perpetrator was a repeat offender known to police for drug and retail crime. I think companies like Macy's and uh, security guards may want to think about being armed. Even private individual citizens may be thinking about that when government fails at the basic responsibility of protecting its citizens. Well, Jason, Governor Hochul not giving up on her plan to construct 800,000 new affordable homes in the Empire State. She announced that she's going to do this through executive action next year. Your concerns about what she means by that? Yeah, it's an interesting process because at first the governor said she was not going to be engaging in this next year. And I think that's because it was an election year for the legislature. And so the legislature does not want to be on record taking these actions that many voters, even the Democratic Party and many independents oppose. Getting back to a previous story, we talked about local control. This is local control of your localities. Mm. And so now for the governor to take executive action in this manner, well, she's not up for re-election next year, but many state legislators are, so they're running scared, and she's taking executive action. Gotcha. Speaking of governors, Michael, uh, your governor, uh, been in office almost a year now. Want to give him a grade, a scale of A to F. What grade would you give him? What has been your greatest disappointment in the Shapiro administration? And is there anything about his administration that you would brag on a year later? Well, I guess maybe a positive from my viewpoint is that his stumbles in his first year make him less likely to be a presidential nominee (laughs) anytime soon. That's something that he desperately wishes for. But talking about those stumbles, even leaving aside his radical pro-abortion stance, which earned him an F in my book, vetoing the school choice initiative he campaigned on, that's a black eye. His big payout over sexual harassment allegations of one of his top staff members, yet another black eye. Those are many of the factors that would give him a bad grade, even for those who are not in the pro-family realm like me, uh, which would rate him, again, an F because of his pro-abortion stance. Another big story that's kind of flying under the radar, Jason, is New York could be looking at a budget deficit of $36 billion over the next few years. Do you expect the governor to try and tackle this in her state of the state next month? What is the impact of this sort of red ink if this spending is not reined in? Yeah, I think the governor will have to address it in her state of the state in some form. The New York State Comptroller recently put out a report warning legislators not to get giddy in spending. There's been an out-migration of New Yorkers during the pandemic times. 
and it's only probably going to get worse. I think the governor will probably frame this as needing to rein in spending. Uh, she's going to have to look at even the migrant issue going out in New York City. The billions are being spent there. And then I think the governor is going to look at new revenue streams like mobile sports gambling and then cannabis. Hmm. I think you will now see the move towards iGaming or casino games on your mobile devices. The advocates are saying they believe it will raise another $1 billion. And unfortunately, legislators in both parties only see the dollars, not the impact on the family. Well, I go to Vegas when you've got New York. And finally, Michael, I want to bring this up because there was a Supreme Court ruling that dealt with this, I think, a couple of years ago out of Philadelphia. Attorneys general from 18 states argue the White House has some new mandates on foster care that will endanger the rights of Christian parents. What's the issue here? And if the court has already ruled on this, why is the Biden administration issuing this mandate now? Well, that court case out of Philadelphia involved Catholic charities and the city of clamping down on them related to foster care placements in Christian homes that resulted in a victory in providing freedom for Catholic charities and other Christian agencies that would put kids in foster care. What the Biden administration now is doing is imposing a euphemistically named safe and appropriate foster care placement requirements, which will require foster care parents to, quote, utilize the child's identified pronouns, chosen name, hmm. and allow the child to dress in an age-appropriate manner that the child believes reflects their self-identified gender identity and expression. And a truly Bible-believing Christian is not going to want to do that, and that basically is excluding Christians from the engagement. Whether or not the Supreme Court case will apply to this, it uh, remains to be seen. All right, we got hundreds of thousands of kids in that foster care system, too, so uh, we'll yeah. see how that uh, pans out. But hey, we've been a lot of places uh, this week, gentlemen. If anyone has questions about New Yorkers for constitutional freedoms and the great work you do each and every day, Jason, where can folks find you online? AlbanyUpdate.com. Pennsylvania Family Institute. What are you all about, Michael? Where can folks learn more? PAFamily.org.